from the Allen Samuel Studios. This is the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. Greg Tepper, the uh, managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, joins us now. And Greg, it is a pleasure to have you on. How are you today? Uh, John, the pleasure's all mine. I uh, always love uh, uh, talking to folks back home in the, at, the, at the, the home, the, 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 the spiritual home yes. of the magazine. Yeah. Uh, now, oh, we office up here in Dallas, in the Dallas area now, but uh, the way goes always home for us. The John Morris Show is brought to you by Amanda Cunningham, Coldwell Banker Apex Realtor. By Alliance Bank Central Texas. By Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. Your friend in the car business. And by Diamore Fine Jewelers. 4541 West Waco Drive. Where Waco gets engaged. Yeah, it, you know, whenever we, we put together the magazine, our, our number one job is just to do right by day. You know, he, he was such a visionary, uh, such a guy who, who had this idea long before anybody thought to do something like this, to have comprehensive coverage of football in the state of Texas. Uh, and and that, that vision is something that has been such a blessing for us and it's the reason that we're around because he, he had those types of ideas uh, of, of being inclusive and making sure that we, we covered, uh, yeah, yes, we're going to cover the Baylor Bears and, and, and the A&M Aggies and the Texas Longhorns, but we're also going to cover the Groover Greyhounds. Uh, you know, they their football matters too. And that was something that was really important to Dave, and, and it's something that, that really does drive what we do here at Dave Campbell's Texas Football uh, to this day and, and hopefully forever. You're listening to the best of the John Moore Show. Here on ESPN Central Texas, the flagship station for Baylor Athletics. It is the best of the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. I'm Aaron Sexton. John on vacation this week, but we've got some of his best interviews from the past few months. We will talk Houston and the University of Central Florida officially joining the Big 12 on July 1st with the voice of the Golden Knights, Mark Daniels, and the voice of Houston Cougar football, Kevin Eschenfelder. But first, John's son MJ was recently married. John and I discussed that on a recent program, and here is that conversation. Uh, I can tell you I was not at the ballpark all weekend, not not one second at the ballpark. Aaron, you know this, and our listeners, uh, I think, mostly know this, that our son MJ got married on Saturday, and so that dominated ours, our schedule this weekend. Uh, rehearsal dinner on Friday night was just terrific. It was great. Rehearsal at the uh, uh, the wedding was at the Earl Harrison House, so we had the rehearsal there, and then went up to Cameron Park Clubhouse for the uh, rehearsal dinner. And uh, that place is is like a, a hidden gem. I don't know how many people know about it, but it was it was perfect for this, and I would think perfect for a lot of events here. Um, just a, a great space. They've renovated it. It is really really nice. So that's where we had the rehearsal dinner on Friday night. And that was a lot of fun. You know, MJ and Caroline's uh, friends, we passed the mic around, and they all got to tell some stories uh, about uh, about MJ and or Caroline. And a lot of them were about both of them. And, uh, Aaron, it was interesting. Uh, you know, some of MJ, MJ's friends gets up, and they start telling stories about their time, you know, rooming together at Baylor or just their time together at Baylor. And Terry and I are sitting by each other, and I said, did you know about that? And she said, 
uh, no, I did not. <laughs> and like, uh, you know, there, there were a couple of those really that we found out at the rehearsal dinner that we didn't know about, about young MJ. But uh, uh, it, it was fun, and uh, I, I guess that's sort of what that, that type of setting is designed to do. Um, is to tell some stories, fun stories, and otherwise. But it was it was really really great on Friday night. Was there anything really shocking or just no? I didn't no, think I so. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. say really shocking. Uh, a couple of things were borderline, <laughs> 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 but not really shocking. So uh, and it was very fun. And you know those uh, you know MJ's twenty six. I think Caroline she's she's the same age twenty six. And, you know, so not far removed from college and all their roommates they had through the years at Baylor. Um, Just some great stories, you know, from them. So that was really, really fun to sort of kick off the weekend on Friday. And then Saturday uh, got up and and the wedding was at 530 on Saturday, again, at the Earl Harrison House. Uh, In fact, there's a story in the Waco Trib today about – Sort of about the wedding, but more about the Earl Harrison House being uh, open for business again, you know, to host events because they have not done that the last few years um, just because of COVID, things were closed down, and then things had really fallen into disrepair there. But I'm telling you, man, they fixed it up nice. I mean, they did a great job. Uh, when we were talking to them about having the wedding there, there was a lot of work that needed to be done, and they said they'd get it done, and they did. And the the uh, house looks great. We didn't go inside. Nothing was inside the Earl Harrison house. It was outside on the grounds, the Pape Gardens there. And um, uh, that they did what they said they were going to do and got it fixed up. And and then there's always, you know, with an outdoor wedding, there's always uh, the issue of weather. And we, as you know, Aaron, we were watching the weather really, really close, especially last week. And it just got, you know, the forecast got a little bit better each day to the point that when Saturday got here, you know, it was a bright blue sky and it was warm. You know, it was warm on Saturday, but no chance of rain at all. And then in the evening, uh, after the ceremony, when we were out there on the grounds, you know, having um, the reception and dinner, uh, it cooled off. And it was just perfect. I mean, the weather really could not have been any better on Saturday. So thank the Lord for that. I mean, that, that was huge. Um, when you plan an outdoor wedding, that is sort of the big thing. You know, you can't, you got to have a rain plan and you hope it doesn't rain, but it, the weather just turned out very, very nice. And it was so fun. And the, the ceremony was great. Art Wellborn, uh, one of our son-in-laws, he officiated the, the service and just killed it. He did a great, great job. And uh, the kids came walking down the aisles, and they got to their right spots. So that was Truett and Turner and Wesley, and they all got there, you know, right down the aisle like they were supposed to, and that was good. And everybody was dressed up so nice. And ceremony was was very, very, very – it was special. You know, it was just meaningful. It was worshipful. Um, It it just captured, I think, uh, MJ and Caroline and our families very, very well. So that was the ceremony, and then uh, walk up, uh, you know, just a little bit up the hill there, uh, still part of the Pape Gardens, and they had a cocktail hour and then sat down for dinner, and the food was great. And Again, the weather was great, and we're just walking around visiting with everybody, very fun. And they had this band, Aaron, that was there. If you know the uh, Earl Harrison House, 
uh, there on the grounds, there is an old, what was originally a koi pond. All right? So it's not a swimming pool. It's not deep at all. But it was a pond that they had the koi fish in there. Uh, and that's where they've got a big tent now. And that's where they put a dance floor in there and the band set up in there. And this band was unbelievable. Everybody was saying the same thing. They're, they're, the name of it is, I, I'm, I think I'm right, Dry Water from Dallas. And as I was talking to some of them, they said, uh, yeah, we're some, some of us are from Dallas, some from Austin, some from Houston. But they were great. They had several different vocalists, and they would just go from one song to another and switch lead vocalists. And there was one guy there that uh, really got the crowd going. He went out on the dance floor and kind of let a – you know, a line of people behind him, but they were so good. And everybody there, and these, this is different ages, uh, you know, there for the wedding, everybody was saying the same thing. That band is spectacular. So they were really good, and that was fun. And, uh, you know, just a really fun night. And they had set like 11 o'clock for their departure time. And the, the band just had to say, we got to go. We got to quit. <laughs> Nobody wanted to leave um, because they were having such a good time. But but uh, they did leave at 11 o'clock. And remember, Aaron, when I told you about uh, Moose Stovall and his car, the Morgan, last week. Well, Moose and Amy came down, brought their car, had it sitting there. And that was the getaway car for MJ and Caroline uh, after the reception on Saturday. And that just worked out great also. So thanks again to Moose and Amy. Um, it was very, very kind of them to come down that night and bring it to us and uh, let them use that as their getaway car. But then they left uh, that night uh, by, uh, well, you know, the music by the band, again, was well-received by everyone. And and to me, really, one of the highlights was they played uh, "Sweet Caroline." Okay, and this and MJ's now wife is Caroline Krimpa Morris, and they played "Sweet Caroline," and everybody was around them, and it was just so cool. So that was really uh, really fun and really meaningful, uh, you know, part of the reception and the dance afterward. And then they left uh, by limousine. They went to Dallas, stayed there on uh, Saturday night. Yesterday flew out. They're going to Italy for uh, 10 days for their honeymoon. So they're off. And, and the country or the city? No. Uh, no, it is the country, okay. right? Hey, they have, you know. That's fair. Right, no. Right, right there out the interstate, they had the little hotel. With a That's of, very fair. Yep. You know. Nope. Good question. But uh, I, think, I think they drove right past Italy <laughs> right, going to, to Dallas. Get the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then flew out yesterday. So 10 days in Italy, pretty cool. So great night there and just thanks to everybody that was there, you know, all of our friends and MJ's friends and you know, there's a limit. You can't have everybody there, but it was just so much fun. So and the weather just turned out could not have been more perfect. So very fun. Uh it's now Mr. and Mrs. MJ Morris, MJ and Caroline Krempa. Um, I, I started talking about the story in the trib. It was more uh, a story about, about the Earl Harrison house being open for business, you know, and the new groundskeeper that is there. Or I'm not sure what the title is uh, for Georgia, but she's there. And uh, I would highly recommend it to anybody that's looking for something, yeah, a, a, a location outdoors for a wedding, for any kind of event. Man, they did it right, and they did a great job, and we just really, really appreciate that. 
Now back to more of the best of the John Moore Show here on ESPN Central Texas, the flagship station for Baylor Athletics. You're listening to the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. Yes, we have great marketing plans um, to celebrate the new Big 12, the four new schools. You'll see a lot of that also around Media Day, um, which is on July 12th. And um, we're, again, very excited to be welcoming the four schools in. And they've been very much a big a, a part of what we've been doing over the last nine or ten months since I've been here. Like I said, they've been fully engaged. But officially, they're members in July, and we're going to celebrate it. Now back to today's JMO Radio Show from the Allen Samuel Studios. Here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris and Aaron Sexton. And that is Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark looking at uh, what is really an historic date for the Big 12. Tonight at midnight, the four new schools join the league. That includes UCF, and we are pleased to have with us the voice of UCF. It is Mark Daniels who joins us now. And Mark, hope your summer's going well, and we appreciate you carving out a few minutes to visit with us. Great to be here, John. Thank you. We're all excited indeed about uh, what tonight and tomorrow in the future holds for UCF. Very cool. Very cool. What's it like there on campus or around town? Uh, and any big plans to kind of, you know, welcome in the Big 12 officially? Well, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been a buildup to a celebration the last couple of months. And now the reality is here. You can just feel a different vibe. But UCF has done a number of things the last several days to kind of countdown towards uh, uh, tonight's event. And I say tonight's event, we're going to do a little gathering at the president's house and almost like a New Year's Eve countdown until midnight with selected VIPs. It's been fun on social media the last couple of days. Uh, our, our incredible content team has done a great job of posting things. And so it's been a buildup, uh, you know, to what is certainly an historical moment for UCF. But like everybody else, uh, tomorrow, uh, you know, now you're a full-fledged member. Then the business of uh, – you know, uh, uh, competing and battling in the Big 12. But it's been a great, uh, you know, it's been a great countdown the last couple of months as we've gotten closer towards reality. And the great thing is, guys, you know, football season now less than two months away. So it's going to continue to build. We announced today a third consecutive sellout for a Big 12 home game here. All of our home games will sell out against Big 12 opponents. And uh, it's an exciting time at UCF for a stadium already sold out for the upcoming season. Wow, man, that's great. Well, that's going to be fun. It just struck me. So midnight officially, you know, it turns July 1st. And this is sort of like us in the central time zone. If we watch a New Year's Eve celebration, you know, we'll watch the ball drop in, in Times Square. That's 11 a.m. central. I mean, 11 p.m. central time. So we might could, uh, you know, welcome you in at 11 p.m. central time tonight. Yeah, we're streaming live tonight. This little celebration is kind of a New Year's Eve with the ball counting down and everything. And like I said, it's a special event for a lot of people that played a significant role, not just in getting into the Big 12, but really helping build UCS program over the years. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be the youngest P5 program of the country. And you know, this will be my 29th year, John, at UCF. And, you know, when I started in 1995, which was Dante Culpepper's first year, we were a one double A independent mm, and uh, wow. just began to make the move to uh, a division one. And, you know, back then we had to play not one, but several money games and had to find opponents that you can balance some wins and play some games to fund the athletic department. And, you know, in college sports, 30 years isn't that long of a time. So to go from where UCF was to where we're headed, it's a it's a huge jump and a lot of wonderful people 
uh, a lot of money, a lot of sweat, a lot of battles along the way to, to, to make tomorrow possible. Wow, that's cool. Well, you've got good perspective going back that long to 1995. Uh, it, it's, it has been a climb, hasn't it? Uh, and is this, the, is this the peak? Is this a step along the way? I mean, where would you say this sort of ranks officially joining the Big 12? Well, it's the most historic moment in the athletic department's history. There's no question about it. And, you know, I, I go back again. When I started, the athletic department really struggled to do a lot of things, to field a football program and to try to compete. And there are a lot of people that told UCF, you can't do this, you can't do that. And it was the vision of a president then, John Hitt, who passed away not that long ago, and some other uh, donors and, and business people that said, look, I think you can use the football program to kind of promote the university uh, which was viewed mostly as you know just a transit school, and had uh, when I started uh, here in Orlando, sixteen twenty thousand students. Mm. Uh, but then a president that said, "Look, I, I you know I, I think I want to move forward in this division one thing." And we bounced around from from, from independent. <laughs> John, we joined the MAC, and we needed to do that one from a scheduling standpoint to get opponents on a schedule and be right. able to play for a championship and bowl game, and then a conference USA, then in the Big East for an hour and a half before that imploded, <laughs> and then the decade run in the American, but everything from you can't do that to never build an on-campus stadium to building the on-campus stadium. So you'll never be able to get to a power five league and to get to a power five league. So as I said, it's hard work of a lot of people, many doubters along the way. And some of those doubters now become supporters and I've been able to watch the growth of it. And, you know, like I said, the meteoric rise, but UCF isn't just going to be happy to say, Hey, we're in the league. We know that the competition is a step up, but now you want to be able to, to, to match your rivals. You want to be able to put a quality product on the field that you and your opponents are proud of that, that, that help keep the tradition of what the Big 12 has been. So, you know, UCF isn't just happy to come to the party, get a T-shirt, and go home. Their goal is to build a program that can compete in all sports for conference championships. Yeah, very well said. Uh, a lot of uh, conversation I hear, you know, about the four new schools joining the league is – uh, UCF may be the most Big 12 ready, and part of that seems to center around Gus Malzahn having the experience, you know, at Auburn and other places. Um, what, 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 what are your thoughts about that as far as speaking football-wise, being Big 12 ready for your school? You know, timing's everything, and uh, I mean, whether we're, we're more ready than the other threat, you know, I don't know. They all have certainly done their part to be in the position that they're in. You know, we had the back-to-back undefeated seasons in 2017-18. Cincinnati had the great run, obviously, getting into the playoffs. I think, you know, when Gus got here, he didn't know we were headed to the Big 12. The invitation hadn't come then. But I do think he was trying to build a roster above the level where we were at. Then when the announcement came that we're going to the Big 12, he really focused in on how do I balance a high school recruiting class of a different caliber of player than UCF had been recruiting before, and how do I work the transfer portal to bring in players that help us in both areas of need and then the uh, style and quality of play that we want to play as we get to the Big 12. And it's interesting, and you guys know this, fans get obsessed sometimes about high school recruiting rankings, and I try to remind people, you know, at least for Gus's classes, it's not been one of those 24-25 assigned classes. It's been more of about 12 to 15 in high school. So that alone means you're not going to get as many points to be ranked as high as some people want. I've said, look at the quality of the player that Gus has signed. If you look at the, you know, the, the, the star average or the grade average, well, heck, if you look at the Big 12, I think UCF is in that top half of the Big 12 in quality of recruit. Then in the transfer portal, the same thing. 
He's earmarked certain players with experience that either he knew from recruiting at Auburn or that he feels are going to upgrade areas of need. And I think he's done a good job in building that roster mixed with a number of positions that UCF returns guys that have a couple years under their belt and back-to-back nine-win seasons. Yeah, I think puts UCF in a spot that, you know, they're ready to step in. Now, the competition's going to increase, as I remind our fans, now nine games of a conference schedule, different level of competition, environments that's a little bit different. It's no knock on the American, which was great for UCF for a decade, but we'd go and play some road games that there weren't 10,000 people. Not mm-hmm. the case with the Big 12, where every game's a sellout, which is going to be exciting for fans and players, but, you know, now you've got to be ready for that grind that you guys know about, and even that one extra game of a night conference game, another wear and tear in the body. So excited for it respect the quality of the opponent, but feel like they're still building and ascending as they head into the Big 12. Mark, uh, we, Baylor, coming to your place September 30th. Look forward to that. What are uh, what, what about your overall football schedule? How do you feel like that sort of uh, came to place? Well, again, just seeing the conference schedule for UCF fans is a level of excitement. Uh, uh, again, no, no, no knock on what the American was and some really quality football programs that we played. It's just a different level where you can look at a Big 12 schedule and go, that's a good one, that's a good one, that's a good one, and, <laughs> right. and, and not go, well, that's an easy one. There, right. there are no gimmies in the Big 12, as you know. And look, guys, our second game of the year, we traveled across the country to play Boise State. Um, in, in, in a return game, we had them here a couple of years ago. They finished really strong last year, bring a lot of people back. That's a big challenge for us. So that'll be a game that we play before coming back home and then starting a conference schedule, going to Kansas State. So welcome to the Big 12. Um, so, so the schedule is going to be challenging. I think it's exciting. A chance to go to Norman where you're playing your former quarterback and Dylan Gabriel is going to be exciting. But UCF fans are thrilled about the quality of opponents that are coming to our stadium. It's going to be a, a, a new experience and you know, one thing that has helped to quickly sell out in the American, you had to put aside X number of tickets, and most of them went unsold. Hmm. Not in the Big 12. Every home game is going to sell out for UCF. And I know Baylor fans will get a great atmosphere. They come here in the bounce house and 45-plus thousand uh, that makes a lot of noise. And we want to make sure that our atmosphere equals some of the many great atmospheres in the Big 12. Fantastic. That's great. We're looking forward to the trip already. Final question. We're talking football. You know, that's uh, kind of first, first sport up and gets a lot of attention, deservedly so. But – what, where do you feel like your other programs are? Men's basketball, women's basketball, baseball, softball, the other sports. Where do you think they are as you step into the Big 12? Yeah, first I'll say about women's sports. UCF won the most women's championships when we were in the American. It's some really good programs. Our baseball program, a uh, super regional last year, ran into that powerhouse called Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, this past year, uh, again, made the NCAA tournament, went up to Tallahassee, lost to Florida State, who just lost to Oklahoma. So mm-hmm. I think softball is in a really good position to step in and compete with other teams that are, you know, maybe a step behind Oklahoma. Uh, and I think other women's programs are going to uh, contend. Basketball got a coach in her second year that was at Baylor. Um, and Satya Messer's done yeah. a really good job yeah. in trying to rebuild a roster, and I think she's got a really bright future. Our baseball program, we just changed coaches. We've kind of been right on the outside of the NCAA tournament, but I think we've got a bright future with a, a, a former player that's come back as a coach. Look, the basketball side for the men, we're stepping into what we know is the best league in the country, and that's a challenge for us. Johnny Dawkins, like a lot of teams, has lived with the portal giveth and portal taketh away, so a lot of roster turnover there. They bring back a few exciting players. We lost a guy that was a lottery pick, number nine overall, in Taylor Hendricks, so 
it's going to be a challenge. We'll see how the group comes together. You never understand how chemistry, at least in June, is going to be like when you get to November. But we know we're stepping up in a different level of competition. So we may take our lumps a little bit. Maybe as the year gets going, uh, uh, the team will improve with some chemistry. Uh, but at the same time, John, there's a level of excitement about what the program can be. You benefit by who you are partners with. You've got to elevate your game. But I think UCF, like in football, begins to recruit a different level of player and knows that that's a benefit by going to the Big 12. So basketball may have some catching up to do. I think they'll get better as the year goes along. I think football maybe is in a better spot because of who's returning. But, you know, again, it's just a different level of excitement to be going into the league that we're stepping into in great respect for the many programs and hope that, you know, uh, Big 12 fans, Baylor fans, look forward to coming to Orlando for all sports. And, you know, we think from a football standpoint, we've got maybe the most desired destination where instead of a three, we become maybe a four-day weekend to enjoy everything that Orlando offers. And that's part of the many reasons uh, we're just so excited about the Big 12. Pretty cool. Well said. Well, man, it's great to visit with you. I appreciate your time today. Enjoy uh, what's left of the summer and hope to see you at the Big 12 Media Days in a couple of weeks. We'll be there. Look forward to it. Thank you, John. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. Mark Daniels, the great play-by-play voice for UCF, one of the four new members of the Big 12, officially becoming Big 12 members at midnight tonight. And Aaron, he said they've got a uh, kind of drop-the-ball <laughs> midnight uh, celebration plan tonight as well. Yeah, that's really cool. He that said is fun. Treating it like New Year's Eve, yeah. and they're going to have – the ball's going to drop, and they're going to celebrate being members of the Big 12. It's just really, really cool how excited these schools are to be in the Big 12. And I thought that was great that he started from the beginning when he said they were uh, – Division one double A independent. Yeah. yeah exactly. And now they're in the Big Twelve. That's <laughs> that's a pretty remarkable journey for university. Yeah, and Mark's been there every step of the way. So great to visit with him about that. No J Mo, no problem. This is the best of the John Moore show on ESPN Central Texas. Back with us, uh, dual meaning there, dual purpose. It's the Rob Sellers Funky Bump of the Day on this Friday. Also ties into uh, Houston with Archie Bell and the Drells. Who could not get into that? So, Rob, there's the Rob Sellers Funky Bump of the Day. Leads us into our guest. It is Kevin Eschenfelder from Houston. And, Kevin, you're a busy man, and we appreciate your time this afternoon. How are things going? Hey, things are going great. You got me a theme song and everything. There you go. That is uh, okay. That's your theme song. Then Nick, every time we have you on, you're going to hear Archie Bell and the Drells. Hey, thanks for being with us. Uh, you're hot and heavy into baseball. I know that right now. But had the thought of having you on with the official entry of the University of Houston in the Big Twelve at midnight tonight. Um, what's the what's the pulse uh, on the U of H campus and with U of H athletics? Well, I think it's uh, I think it's a very exciting time. Goes without saying, and I know it sounds cliche, but uh, really, people are pumped up. There's so many people that have 
have waited so long for this uh, for this opportunity, and I know they're going to have a they're going to have a, a big uh, a big ceremony tonight at midnight. They're going to have a, a toast that uh, you can live stream. Uh, the Cougar fans can live stream, and, uh, including uh, Renu Couture and Chris Pesman and, and Tillman Fertitta, and uh, they're going to so they're going to do it right. And uh, it's, it's it's obviously it's a big deal. It's a, it's a step in the right direction for for an athletic program that is uh, that's that's really worked hard. And I give a tip of the cap to to the administration and uh, all the way from the top to, to the bottom that uh, that's made this happen. That's pretty cool. That's cool to hear about. So, will that draw a big crowd in person at midnight tonight, or is it mostly aimed toward a, a live stream crowd? I, I think it's it's more of a live stream crowd. Gotcha. What they're doing, so everybody can be together, uh, albeit virtually at the same time, though. But uh, everybody can share in, in that uh, in that moment. That's great. All right, you've been around a while. You're a good person to ask this. Uh, you, you go back to Southwest Conference days through the Big 12, now into the Big 12 for U of H, and, and it's your alma mater. Uh, what are your thoughts personally about joining the Big 12? Well, I, I think it's it's fantastic. It's something that, uh, you know, there's that sense of, uh, with all due respect to, to where they had been in the past, it, it just wasn't the same as it was when the Southwest Conference, and, and old-timers like you and I, we, we missed the days of the Southwest Conference and uh and that that those rivalries and uh you know it's just it's difficult to uh you know to judge where your football program is when when you uh when you play in games that that just don't seem to have the same that that same spark because you don't have the the it sounds so disrespectful to other schools but sure. i mean they played temple in the first ever conference championship game uh and Temple full seventy five tickets. It's just you know this is this is a deal where now you got you've got the rivalries across the street. Uh, you know you've got people that you got TCU fans that you, that you have neighbors, Baylor fans that you have neighbors. Uh, so uh, yeah, that, that's gonna I think that's gonna just it sparks interest and in, in everybody. Uh, it's gonna be certainly a sense of pride uh, that that used to be a part of this. That's pretty cool to hear. Uh, it's going to be fun. It is, you know, like you said, for you and I, it's kind of a, a reunion, you know, a renewal of a pretty good rivalry between Baylor and U of H through the years. It, it really is. And you get back to, John, you know all too well, these, these kids between seven-on-seven seven tournaments and, and, and whether it's AAU in basketball or travel teams in baseball, whatever, these kids have known each other. Now they're going to be playing against each other and with each other uh, and they've been doing that since they were they were teenagers, or since they were kids, I said before they were teenagers. And uh, so they they have those rivalries that, that they can run through, and and those are the kind of things that they're going to carry on for the rest of their lives. And I think that's something that uh, a lot of the U of H athletes they missed out on for that that span between the days of the Southwest Conference and now going into the Big Twelve is being able to to have those. By the time you know when you're 50 years old, to be able to go back and look at those days, I, I know. My, my broadcast partner, Ted Pardee, you know, his dad, Jack Pardee, was a head coach at the yeah. university. He's yeah. obviously a great NFL player in the Oilers. Uh, you know, he and, and Chris Pesman, the athletic director at U of H, they can go back and uh, they can talk about playing Texas and they can talk about the, the great games that they had against Baylor and things like that. And you just have that camaraderie and, and that rivalry with, with, with people that you live around and, and are friends with. And I think that's something that these kids are, uh, these kids have missed over the last uh, you know, last couple of decades, and it's uh, going to be something that changes, obviously, now. 
Kevin, uh, U of H basketball is blowing and going under Kelvin Sampson. We've seen them. Baylor's seen them recently uh, at a very high level. What about U of H football? Where, where do you feel like the program is as far as their readiness to step into Big 12 competition? It's a good question, John, and, and, and it's, I don't mean to straddle the fence, but it's one of those, with, with to me, with the transfer portal, mm-hmm. I just don't know. Uh, you know, they lost Alton McCaskill, who was one of the best freshman running backs in the country a couple of years ago. He, lost, he missed last year with a knee injury. Uh, he transferred out after after spring practice. I, you know, that's just one player, but they got a lot of guys in. So I don't know. They, do they need to be better? Uh, obviously, they need to be much improved from where they were a year ago, a team that, that, that lost their final regular season game and uh, you know had to score late to beat, uh, beat Louisiana in a, in a bowl game. So there's no doubt. I'm not sure. They need to be it needs to be a marked improvement because let's face it, the level of competition has gone up dramatically. Uh, but I, I'm going to reserve, you know, reserve judgment with this day and age of people coming in and, and, you know, that transfer portal works both ways. And, uh, you know, you bring guys in, you just don't know what you have and what's, uh, you know, what, what you're losing and what you're getting. So I'm going to let it get through a few practices in August and see where they are. They've got a new quarterback who was a quarterback at uh, Texas tech last year. You know, used to be John, we would, we do these games and we'd go out our spotter boards and we'd say what, what, what hometown they were from. Now it's going to be where they played last year. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, uh, you know, three agent out of Texas Tech or whatever. You yeah. know, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's strange how the game has changed, but uh, we all evolve. It changes and, and uh, we go on. That's true. What, uh, what do you think about the schedule, uh, U of H's football schedule, the way it played out? Well, you hit the ground running. <laughs> yeah. Best <laughs> conference play against the team that played for a national championship a year ago. So uh, it is a home game. Uh, it's it's going to be – the thing is that it's going to be so enjoyable to me is that, uh, you know, you got Texas at home. Mm-hmm. You get you, you, uh, you're going to be in a situation where you're going to get uh, – uh, spark so much more interest uh, around the city, uh, things like that. There's this – you know, knowing that TCU is coming in for a conference opener is just going to be it's got a little more, it's got a little more to it than uh, again, with all due respect to, to you know Tulsa or Tulane or whomever. Uh, it's just it's just a different uh, it's just a different animal, and it's going to be a different field. Would you say U of H fans are most excited uh, looking at the schedule, maybe this year, but then beyond also uh, of getting Texas at home? I mean that that may be a one year deal this year, but would that kind of you know pique their interest the most? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, no doubt. I mean, it's Houston. You know, this city is is. You know, there's probably more. I, I don't know if there's more A and M or more Texas alumni in this city than than. You know, Houston and U of H is is right there with those two. But uh, you know, you've got not just the alumni, but you've got the fans of Texas and things like that. So yeah, that's one of those where you kind of put your. If you're a Houston Cougar, you, you put your back against the wall. That's when you. Those are the games you obviously. Uh, you're going to be the most uh, interested in and the ones that you, you've always wanted to be uh, a part of those games over the last few years. Very cool. Let's switch gears, uh, ask you about a big series this weekend, Astros in Arlington to take on the Rangers, top two teams in the uh, American League West. What do you think about the series? Uh, it's going to be one of those situations where the Astros, it depends. Baseball is the uh, the great equalizer, the 162 games, man. It's just one of those deals where anything can happen, and it usually does in baseball. Uh, best team could beat the worst team on any given night. It's not like the NBA or the NFL. Just you, Those things just don't happen very often. But, uh, you know, 
Astros have scored 24 runs in the last two games. Uh, neither one of these teams have been playing very well over the last couple of weeks. Uh, but, you know, you just see how it plays out. John Gray goes. We'll see if we can get him back. But we dropped uh, Kevin Eschenfelder. Let's see if we can uh, get him back on just to give a formal goodbye. But great to visit with him again. U of H football play-by-play and uh, AT&T Sportsnet uh, pregame, postgame for the Astros and for the Houston Rockets. So a guy that is really busy and busy this time of year. And we got him back? Nah, I think we've lost him. All right, so we'll move on. Thanks uh, thanks to Kevin Eschenfelder. Again, very busy. Astros-Rangers begin a series tonight in Arlington and a big series there. So uh, top two teams in the uh, American League West separated right now by five games going into the series against each other. Thanks to Kevin for being on with us. Let's take a break. When we come back, check in another of the uh, new locations for a new Big 12 school. Let's go to Orlando. We'll visit with Mark Daniels, play-by-play voice for the UCF Golden Knights. We'll visit with him. Coming up, John Morris Show. 